Jesus, we want to receive it. God, you're talking to us, and we can't miss even one thing that you're wanting to say to us. It's far too important. Prepare our hearts, prepare our minds. God, we love you. We're going to give you praise. Somebody said amen. Somebody said amen. The Lord has been dealing very strongly with us the last few services about the power and the possibility that resides in the body of Christ. How many are thankful for the body of Christ? We learned that when a church operates off the assumption that one person should meet all the needs, that it actually hurts the church, and it actually hurts the person who's trying to meet all of those needs. We've learned that God has instituted a biblical principle where all of our needs can be met, where, all, where every one of us can be ministered to. And that biblical principle is the body ministering to the body. Somebody said amen. We've also learned that we need to make the body aware of our needs so that they in turn can meet and help meet our needs and minister to us. For how can they minister to us if they don't know what our need is? So we learned that we need to make the body aware. And I, I thank God just within the last couple weeks, uh, we do have a system in our church where you can email your needs and your prayer requests to Sister Viv, uh, Vivian, and then she will uh, send those all out to, to the body of Christ to be praying uh, for those needs. And it just seems like in the last week and week and a half, we've just been getting email after email after email. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. Amen. People letting everybody know your needs and letting the body know so that we know how to pray for those needs. So we say, thank God for that. Let me just take you quickly back and, and show you this again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. I don't have time to catch you all up. Uh, if you're not here, you can get the, get the copies of of the messages, but 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So we've got to get this tonight. Because we're in the body, we have been given some sort of a gift. We've been given some sort of an anointing, some sort of a, uh, a, a spiritual endowment. And the purpose for him giving that to us was so that we in turn could be a blessing to the body of Christ, to profit with all, to profit everybody, Okay? So let me say again, the purpose for our salvation was not just so we could go to heaven. Am I right about it? The main purpose for our salvation was so that we could first be a witness to a lost world, and secondly, so that we could become a particular member in the body of Christ so as to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And until we get that concept, and I, and I think we're getting it, but until we get that concept, we as a church will never be able to truly witness uh, the totality of blessings that flow when the body is truly ministering to the body. But, here, but here's the truth. The breakdown occurs when, when members of the body begin to view the body. We talked about this on Sunday. The breakdown for some of this occurs when the, when the body begins to view the body or the church as, as that which is supposed to minister to them instead of that which they are supposed to minister to. You remember us talking about that. When our view of the body is that its function, the function of the church, is to minister solely to us, uh, then if we don't feel like coming to church one night, then we just don't come to church. Because that's fine, because we understand it's only going to hinder us. We're not going to hear the word, or we're not going to be able to be a part of the worship service, or we're not going to be able to be in the altar service. But that's fine. I'm not going to backslide. I'll just pick it up next time when service rolls around. But we, when we have that understanding, uh, that we're, we're missing the whole point. Because in our minds, we're saying that we're the only ones that are missing out. And when we think that way, God is he, he's trying to show us that that's, that's entirely the wrong way of thinking. For He did not set us, all of us, in a specific particular place in the body of Christ so that the rest of the body could minister to you. He set you in that place so that you would be in a position to minister to the body. And so when you are not here, when I am not here, when, you know, when, we, uh, when, when the body is not here, I'm not talking about vacations and stuff like that, but when we're just missing for every little excuse and every little reason, we have to understand that we are hurting and hindering the body of Christ as a whole, not just even in church, but when we're not connected to the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So we've got to repent of some of our selfish thinking. 
And we got to start realizing that we are, we are not here to be served, but we are here to serve. And how many know that sometimes when to serve, it takes sacrifice? I'm not expecting you to run the aisles on that one. We don't run too much talking about sacrifice. But, but to serve means you're not sitting at the table eating. It means you're doing the dishes. It means you're serving. It means you're picking up the, you know. So it's, it's, it's a sacrifice. And sometimes that means to, that we need to, we, we come to church even when we don't feel like coming to church. And we come to pre-service prayer even when we don't feel like coming to pre-service prayer. And, and we stay after service in order to talk to people and communicate with people and fellowship with people even when we don't feel like doing that. It's a sacrifice. Somebody say, it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to serve. It's a sacrifice to do what God has called you to do so as to be a minister to the body of Christ. But if we truly want to minister to the body of Christ and do what God has called us to do, it's going to take sacrifice. Oh, hallelujah. But the Lord once again is reminding us that we're not here necessarily to be ministered to, but we're here to minister to someone else. But the awesome thing about it is I've seen it a ton of times. The byproduct of you and I ministering to others is that we in turn get ministered to. That's the awesome thing about it. So it's not just, it's not just uh, where God says, you know, you just got to give, 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 and you're not going to receive anything because we understand we all have to be ministered to. But I've seen, if I've seen it once, I've seen it a ton of times where people have went over, and I know what their needs were, and I know what their struggles were, and they were going through some major, major stuff, but I watched them as they stepped out and went over and lay hands on somebody else or prayed with somebody else, and all of a sudden the power of God hit them personally, and they were blessed, and they were healed, and they were delivered, and they were strengthened because God, God knows what we need. And if we'll do what he called us to do, he's going to give us what we need. Somebody said amen. Oh, hallelujah. So let's get into this a little bit here tonight. Uh, we're going to be looking primarily this evening at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It all talks about the body, and we just want to kind of work our way down through uh, this chapter, talk about it a little bit. Well, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll, we'll begin with verse 12. We've already talked about some of the prior verses in 1 Corinthians 12. Let's pick it up in verse 12. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that body, of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. We're all filled with the Spirit. Because we're filled with the Spirit, we've all been put into or placed into the body of Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we, bond, we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but it is many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were the hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body. It's so important that you see this. God has set the members. We didn't set ourselves. God has set you in a particular place. God did it. And you, I mean, you get the picture, it's like this huge, massive puzzle piece. And there's that one side. Anybody ever did a puzzle, puzzle, you know, 5,000 or 1,000 or whatever piece puzzle, and, and you, got, you got it all done, but there was just that one piece that was missing, and you didn't even want to look at the thing. It didn't matter that 99.9% .9 of it looked good. If that one piece, you didn't want to look at it, you were just like, I oh, forget it, and just threw it away. Am I right? And that's how, you, you know, that's just kind of the picture that I get of God and, and, and his plan for the church. That he's got this massive puzzle and it's just beautiful and intricate and detailed. And, and he just places each of us in that one particular role. That one particular spot. And if we're not fulfilling the, the, the role that God has called us to fulfill and, and, the, and the calling that God has called us to fulfill, it, 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 it makes the whole lack something. You see, this is what Paul's trying to tell us here in 1 Corinthians 12. He's saying you affect the whole when you're not fulfilling your role. And so he goes on to say, uh, verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And 
If they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members yet one body? What this, uh, there's, there's so much to this, but let's dig into this a little bit. What's telling us is that just because you're not the pastor and just because you're not the worship leader and just because you're not the Sunday school teacher doesn't mean you're not still part of the body. Somebody's got to get this today. And it doesn't mean that you still don't have just as vital of a role to play in the body of Christ. He says it like this, if everyone was the eye, then how would we be able to hear? And if everyone were the ear, then how would we be able to smell? If everybody was the pastor, then how would we accomplish everything else that the pastor can accomplish? And if everybody was the worship leader, then how would we accomplish everything else that the worship leader can accomplish? So we got to get this in at, least, uh, in at least one very important way. Every single person in this church makes up the body of Christ. And unless we are all fulfilling our role and connecting ourselves with the body and ministering to the body and edifying the body, then the body is going to be weakened because of it. But if we could ever catch this biblical principle that we as individuals make up a vital part in the body of Christ, it would absolutely revolutionize this church. Because we would have the concept, or we would no longer have the concept that this church is supposed to minister to me, for now we see that we are supposed to minister to the church. Because I'm a part of the body of Christ. I play a role, and my role is not for everybody to do for me, but my role in the body is to fulfill whatever it is that God has called me to fulfill so that the body as a whole can be ministered to and strengthened and edified and blessed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, and when, when, you, when you have that concept, you're, we, we no longer just sit at home and wait for somebody to minister to us. We're thinking about what can I do to minister to somebody? Now, when you have that concept in mind, that right biblical concept of, of who you are in Christ as being a member of the body of Christ, uh, now, now, you're, now you're looking to hook up with a community group so as to be able to minister to somebody. If there's, if there's a group in your area, if there's not a group in your area, let's pray and ask God that He'll open up some doors. Now we're showing, when you have this concept, now, now we're showing up to everything we can possibly show up to. Oh, hallelujah. Now, now we're wanting to go to stuff. Nobody has to twist our arm. Nobody has to, to you know, force us to go to something, you know, in the, at the house of God. We want to go. We want to go. Why? Because I'm a member of the body. Not the member of the church. It doesn't matter if my name's on a roll somewhere in church membership. I'm a part of the body of Christ. And I've got a role to play. And I can't play that role if I never connect with the body. If I'm never there, how can I do what I'm called to do? Now, now we're emailing people and sending out cards and, and inviting people out for coffee. Now we're, now we're having people over for dinner. Now we're fasting and praying that God would give us a word for somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I know we fast and pray that God will give us a word, but when's the last time we fast and pray that God will give us a word for somebody else? God, give us a word. God, give me a word. God, give me a word. Give me, 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 me. We have to understand, I'm a part of the body of Christ. God, how do you want to use me in order to bless somebody else? What do you want to speak through me? How can you use me as your mouthpiece and as your vessel in order to be a blessing to somebody else? I'm not saying you can't pray for a word for yourself personally, but I'm saying we, we have to get a concept that it's more than just us. See, because if, we just, if it's just all about us, body never ministers to the body. Now we're focused more on the needs of the church than we are on our own needs. Now we're looking uh, for who we can pray for instead of who can pray for us. Now we're cooking dinner for the family that's in need. Now we're raking the lawn and shoveling the sidewalk for somebody in the body that can't do that. It's not all about laying hands on somebody and talking in tongues. Sometimes it's about grabbing a shovel. Thank God for Brother Tony this Monday and Tuesday. He, we were, my mom was moving and me and my brother were, were moving her. But there's no way me and my brother were going to move her from her house and all that stuff. 
Brother Tony volunteered and came over and brought some volunteers from, his, from his, uh, the rescue there. And we could not have done it without him. It's not all about him laying his hands on me or me laying my hands on him. Sometimes it's about showing up and helping somebody move. Brother Rima came and helped us. It's not, it's not always. It is spiritual, but it's also practical. It's the body ministering to the body. How can I minister to you? How can I help you? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You see, it was a sacrifice, though. Brother Tony took two days. Two days. Brother Rima took time out of his schedule to come and help. Sacrifice. We're raking lawns. We're helping people. We're, we're, we're doing what we can for people. We're, 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 we're looking to pray for every possible person that we can in an altar instead of looking to how we can sneak on out and go home. Who can I pray for? Who can I pray for? It's not about me wanting to get out of here. It's who can I pray for? Who can I minister to? Who can I be a blessing to? Who can I be a strength to? Who can I be a, a help to? Who can I put my arm around? I might not even have a word for somebody. But you know what? Sometimes a word is good in, in its place and in its time. But you know what? Sometimes there's nothing like just somebody coming up alongside of you and just giving you a big old, hair, a big old hug. Putting their arm around you. Saying, Jesus, I don't know what they need, but bless my brother today. Bless my sister today. I don't know what they need, God, but do it, do it right now. Sometimes just feeling that, that hug. Just sometimes feeling a hand on a shoulder or... That's all you need. Mm, hallelujah. We're no longer looking to do the very least that we can do in order to help the body. Now we're trying to find the greatest way in which we can be a blessing to the body. Oh, hallelujah. See, I think we all understand. We all understand we need to be a blessing to the body, but until we really truly catch the principle, sometimes we can appease ourselves. We can, we, can, we, can, uh, we can just make ourselves feel better by, by doing some small little things to help the body so as to make ourselves feel better and say, well, I help the body, I help the body, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But when we really catch this concept, it's not, we move beyond that place where we look for the least amount of things we can do to be a blessing to the body and we look at what's the greatest what can I possibly fit into my schedule I know I still got to work and I got family and I got obligations all this kind of stuff but I'm not looking at what the least is I'm looking at what can I what's the most I can do to help the body somebody said amen and, and, and this is why this is so important all throughout scripture the word of God tells us in many different ways that we are supposed to Join with and connect with one another. One another. When you read down through the New Testament and you read how many times it, it gives us instruction for what we're supposed to do with one another. It will amaze you. And you'll find out that when the church body lives out these one another verses and these one another commands then all people, regardless of their need, regardless of their issue, is going to find help. And they're going to be ministered to, and they're going to be strengthened because they followed after some one another commands. For instance, those who are lonely will feel connected as they become part of a people who know what it means to be members of one another. Members of one another. Those who are immature will grow as they are surrounded by people who build up one another. There are those, that, uh, those who are weak will find strength as they are among people who care for one another. Those who are self-centered will learn to think of others as they experience life with those who truly love one another. Those who, who might feel in the minority for whatever reason will find acceptance as they rub shoulders with people who believe they should be of the same mind with one another. Those who are strangers will feel warmth as they are around people who greet one another. Those who are stressed out will find relief as they are encountered by a people who bear one another's burdens. Those who are proud will become humble as they try to function with a group of people who believe in submitting one to another. Those who are discouraged will begin to hope again as they come alongside of a people who encourage one another. Somebody said amen. 
Those who are apathetic will be motivated as they rub shoulders with people who seek to spur one another on. Those who are caught up in sin will be held accountable as a part of a people not afraid to admonish one another and pray one for another. Those who are dysfunctional will be protected as they are surrounded by tender-hearted people and have, that have a compassion towards one another. Those who fall will find grace and those who fail will find forgiveness as they walk among those who are willing to bear with one another. You see this? All of this and so much more will happen when we truly get a revelation of what our responsibility and what our calling is as being a member of the body of Christ and it has everything to do with I can't do it by myself. There's got to be one another. All of the things, I'm telling you, this is the principle that God has set up with the body ministering to the body and the body helping the body and the body strengthening the body and the body helping and, 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 and working through and causing others to grow. It all has to do with the fact that we are connecting one with another. That's the system. That's the principle. God flows and works His work through that principle. And he don't have principle number two and plan number B and door number two. He doesn't work when he doesn't say, well, if you if you're not going to do it this way, then do it this way. This is his system. He said, you want to get all this stuff? You got to join one with one another. Oh, hallelujah. So we need all members functioning together, all members working together, all members doing together what God has called you as individuals to do. And in so doing, the body as a whole will be blessed. Oh, hallelujah. Is this all right? Let's continue talking about 1 Corinthians for a little bit. Verse 12, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. In other words, what, what good is it if the eye sees the direction in which we're supposed to go if the feet don't take us there. And what good is it if the feet can take us somewhere but the eye never gives us the direction in which to go? So who's more important? They need one another. Well, without the feet, you can't get there, okay. Without the eyes, you don't know where you're going. we got to get this. There, there's not one part of the body of Christ that we can do without. Not one. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your gift is. It doesn't matter what your, your calling and your purpose is. There is not one member of the body of Christ that we can do without. For in some way, in some fashion, if all members of the body are not functioning in the role that God has called them to function in, then the body is going to be negatively affected by it. So there is not one person in this room or in this church that is Holy Ghost filled that we could live without and do without as a body. And that's the point Paul is trying to get across and that's the point that the Holy Ghost is trying to speak to us. We can't have anyone who just feels like the body is supposed to minister to them, but everybody ministers to everybody. We need everybody ministering to everybody. 1 Corinthians 12, 22. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Now, I need your minds here. This is... Some of the wording here and just some of the thought. Paul was a brilliant, brilliant thinker. So you've got you to think a little bit here. Much more than those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. They seem to be more feeble, feeble, but they're necessary. In our natural body, obviously, you know, there's a contrast here between our nat natural body and the, the body of Christ. In our natural body, he's referring to those parts of our bodies that seem weaker than some. Those, those parts that seem to be uh, unable to bear fatigue or 
difficulties, injuries as well as others. For instance, if, if I brought Brother Tony up here and, and I, I had him sit down and I took my, my finger and I poked his thigh muscle as hard as I possibly could. I mean, he'd probably feel it, but after a second or two, it, it's no big deal. It'd be forgotten. But if I poke my finger as hard as I possibly could in his eyeball, it'd cause some damage. Same thing, same finger, same, same thing. When you compare and contrast the thigh muscle with the eye, it would seem as if the eye is weaker because it, it can't take the same as the thigh muscle. So in comparison to the thigh, the eye would seem weaker. But what you have to keep in mind is that when you think about all of those parts of our human body that seem weaker compared to the other seemingly stronger parts of our body, you'll notice that most of what we call the weaker members of our bodies are the parts of us that are the most vital to our living. You know, I mean, if Brother Tony walked by, I'm excusing you as a friend, but if, you know, if he, if he walked by and I just punched him in his, his arm, like guys do from time to time, you know, gave him a little shot to the arm, no big deal. But if he's having open heart surgery and they got his chest cavity, you know, not to get gross, but, you know, whipped off, I'm not going to go and start punching on his heart. Right, Brother Hawks? Thank God. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. But it's a different member of the body. For there are those in the church, listen now, there are those in the church, and I believe this is the application to all this, there are those in the church who, who, who are not out in front. They have no intention of being out in front. In fact, they pray and hope to God that they never have to step foot on this platform. Am I right? Brother Dave said amen. Good to have you tonight, Brother Dave. They don't want to be the focal point of attention. In fact, they're meek, maybe quiet and behind the scenes. But here's the thing. Think, think with me now. If the eye had the same muscle mass as the thigh, it wouldn't be able to fit in your eye socket. Therefore, it would not be able to accomplish what it has been called on to accomplish. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to get this. If God wanted you to be somebody else, He would have made you to be somebody else. But He made you specifically like He did because the quality... Hear me, somebody. Because here's why. Some of you have checked out by last Sunday. Because you think, well, I'm not like so-and-so and I'm not like so-and-so. So I'll never be able to minister to the body. Hear me. If God wanted you to be like somebody else, He would have made you like somebody else. But He made you specifically like He did because the qualities that reside in your personality, the qualities that reside in your character, the qualities that reside in the makeup of who you are, are exactly what is needed in order for you to perform the function that God has called you to perform in the body of Christ. Somebody said amen. It's like that puzzle piece. I mean, you got the little thing and then it juts out and then it's just, and it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, and no puzzle piece looks the same. This one has a little thing here and the other one doesn't. But all of them, when you fit them into their perfect place, it makes everything right. And we all need to understand that just because you're not the one that's up front doesn't mean that you're not just as important. In fact, Paul says here in this verse that we just read, he says, you're necessary. 
Also, notice this. He never, watch, he's, he never says that they were feeble. Let's look at it. Which seemed to be more feeble. He never says that they were feeble. He says that he's, they seemed to be more feeble. So we see that there are those in the church who might be more quiet. There might be those in the church who might be more reserved and more behind the scenes. And if we're not careful, we can start thinking that they're the feeble ones in the body, even though the fact is that we couldn't do any of this without them. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to speak, I want to speak into somebody's life right now because there's some people in this room, I feel in the Holy Ghost, that God's been calling you to some certain ministries, but those ministries are not involved, the platform, those ministries just involve you and, and in your living room praying and seeking God or, or doing things that are behind the scenes and in your mind you're thinking, but I want to, I want to minister to the body and, I, and if I'm going to minister to the body, I feel like I should be doing this and I feel like I should be doing this. I know I'm not called to do those things but I feel like I should be doing those things because that's what other people are doing but that's not what God is saying he said I've called you to a specific purpose and I've called you for a specific reason and it doesn't matter what that looks like it doesn't matter that it's not what somebody else does he said if I'm calling you to it you just do it because the whole body will not be able to function and perform unless you are doing what you have only been called to do Oh, somebody said amen. You know, in bas on a basketball team, I mean, you got the center and you got the power forwards and the small forwards and the, the, the point guard and the shooting guard. They all have specific roles. You know? But, but what, what, if the, what if all five of them say, you know what? You know, what if the big guys down low say, you know, I don't want to rebound anymore. I don't want to block out anymore and get those rebounds. I want to stand out on the three-point line with you guys and shoot. So you got five guys on the three-point line shooting three three-pointers and nobody rebounding. You're never going to win anything. That's what I'm talking about. We, we, all of us have a, form, a, a function and, 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 and something that we're supposed to fulfill and we, it's necessary that we do what God has called us to do. And those people, let me just speak again to those people that you just feel like, you know, I just don't feel like I'm that upfront, out front, outspoken person, but I just feel like God's calling me to some of this behind the scenes stuff, but I just don't, I just don't know if, if that's really ministry or not because nobody sees it. Yes, it is. And it's absolutely necessary and we can't do anything without you. Now, I, I, I've been in, in more than one service where it was kind of tight and it wasn't flowing real good. There was all kinds of hindrance and all kinds of stuff happening. And I've looked back and I've seen certain ones who would never dare get up on this platform. But I've watched them just bow their head and just be, you could see their shoulders just going after it. They sense something in the Holy Ghost. And they begin to war against it in the spirit. And all of a sudden, something broke in that place. The power of God fell in that room and lives were changed and lives were touched. But you know what? Nobody, probably nobody in that entire room knew. Nobody went up to that. Awesome job. Good job. It was tight in there and you, you broke through it in the spirit and we know it was you and man, that was powerful. Probably not, probably with the exception of just one or two in the whole place, even knew the impact that that person had on that service. But you know what? Was it necessary? Absolutely it was necessary. And what the worship leader could not do, and what the organist and, and the drummer, the drummer could not do, one person sitting on the pew, head bowed, nobody else noticed, broke something in the Holy Ghost. And it released the power of God in that room. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. If you don't have a strong personality, if you don't have a strong people presence, if you're not charismatic in your attitude, that's how God created you to be. You don't need to be like somebody else. Be the best you you can be. Do what God has called you to do. To the best of your ability. 1 Corinthians 12.23. Does that make sense? 
1 Corinthians 12, 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Now, there's a bunch here. We don't have time to get into it, but without getting too descriptive here, Paul is simply reminding us that there are certain parts of our body that we are quicker to cover up than other parts of our bodies. For instance, now, I won't keep it PG. Don't get nervous. It's all right. It's in the book. If a stranger walked in on you and you were undressed, you wouldn't grab a towel and cover up your elbows. You wouldn't grab a towel and cover up your ears. You, you would use that towel to cover over and give, so, you know, you would give attention very quickly to the uncomely parts of our bodies, as Paul puts it. But I believe one of the points, and I, several points, but he, one of the points he's making is just because we're click, we are quicker to clothe certain parts of our bodies over other parts of our bodies doesn't mean that those first parts are more important than the other parts. Why? For when it's a part of your body, it makes no difference if it's visible or if it's clothed. You're going to take care and you're going to protect each member of your body in the same degree, at the same level as any other part of your body. Now there's more to this verse than, than just that and more than we have even time to give. But the, the main point I believe is that we, we, we are to give our entire body dignity and honor just as it is without comparison one to another. And we don't esteem any other part of the body as being greater than any other part of the body. It's all one body. And that needs to be the way we feel about the body of Christ. We give dignity to the body as a whole. We give honor to the body as the whole. We don't esteem one and lower the other parts of the body. It doesn't, your part is more important and your ministry is more important and your ministry is not as important and we're signaling out and, and, and putting them in priority. No, no, no. We're all a part of the body of Christ. No matter who you are. Somebody said amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. That there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. Now it's going to get a little quiet. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. The sense is here that the body of Christ should be united and be harmoniously whole. There should be no separate interests when it comes to the body. This group should not be pushing for this thing and this group pushing for this thing and have the two of them warring one against one another and have this group have one vision and this group have another vision. That all of us should have the same interests, the same passion. The same vision. Reach up, reach out, reach in. The same vision. There should be understanding in all of our minds that all members are equally necessary and that we are truly dependent upon one another. That should be a common theme throughout all of our thinking. Not just a portion of us. Somebody said, Amen. No schism, no division, no breaks. In the body. I made mention on Sunday about the fact that it just tears me up. You have no idea. How much it tears me up inside when I know that certain members of the body are not getting along. Certain members of the body are upset one with another. Not talking one with another. You have no idea how that messes with me. And this is why it messes with me right here. Because Paul is telling us that there shouldn't be any schisms. Separations. Breaks, divisions between the members of the body. For here's what we have to understand. 
for every member that we write off, for every member that we decide to just have nothing to do with, for every member that we just decide to ignore completely, it is hurting us personally. And it is hurting the body as the whole. Now, it's going to seem somewhat comical if it, but it is so very true. And just as bizarre and crazy as it might sound in the natural, that's as bizarre and crazy as it should sound to us in the spiritual. But this is how this whole process, this is what it would, this is when, when you just write off a brother or sister in the Lord, you just cut them off. They said something. They did something. Said a word. Talked about your kid. Amazing how many issues happen because of kids. So you just cut somebody off and write somebody off and ignore somebody. And This is what this looks like in the natural. It would be the same as if I was on a, I was on a journey somewhere and I'd made up my mind, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go or whatever. Walk the east coast to the west coast. Don't matter. Just I'm on a journey. Long journey. And I'm walking. And somewhere along the line, I got tired of my left hand. And so I hacked off my left hand. And I left it on the side, and I just kept right on going. At least I, that's gross, and it's crazy. But, and I kept on going. I thought, you know what? I don't like my ears very much. So I hacked them off. Laid them on the side. I've always thought my nose was too big. I don't want that nose anymore. You know what I'm saying? Now we're sitting there saying that's just that's just disgusting and crazy. And that and that no one would ever do that. And God looks down on the church and he says, No one should ever do what they're doing. You see, because here's why. This is what we're doing in, in the body of Christ. When we start cutting people off, when we start cutting people off, we're saying, I, I don't need the hand anymore. I don't need the foot anymore. I don't know what role, you know. I, I don't know. Brother. Brother Herrick. No, I, I, I don't like what he did to my, I don't like what he said to my kid down in youth service. I'm going to cut him off. So what, the role that he plays, I'm done with that. How long do you think your journey would last? Come on. How, long, how far do you think you would get on this journey called your walk with God? If you're cutting off every member of the body, and leaving them along the wayside. You're not going to get very far. And before long you're going to be limping. And before long you're going to be crawling. And before long you're going to be stopped dead in your tracks. And more than likely you're going to die. Because you, you're going to need the members. This is what he's talking about. There should be no schisms in the body. There should be no division in the body. But see here, here's the thing. I'm on pastor right now. But here's the thing. We have that concept that says, well, I can still shout even though I've cut so-and-so off. And even though i got an issue with so-and-so and i got an issue with so-and-so and I don't like talking to so-and-so, I can still make my way to the house of God and I can still talk in tongues and I can still shout and I can still feel the presence of God. Me, 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 me. I'm not thinking of the body. I don't have a body mentality. And that's, in a nutshell, this is what I feel like God's talking to us about as a church. He's, he's trying to get us to move from the me mentality to the body as a whole mentality. 
where when we think, it is not in through the lenses of how does this affect me, but when we think about things, it's through the lens of how does this affect the body. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Because we can't make it without each other. You can't. But I still talk in tongues. I've cut off so many people in this church and I come to the house of God and I can still feel the presence of God. You might. But you have been significantly slowed down in your journey. And there will be destinations that God intended for you to dwell in that you will never see. There will be places on this road called your walk with God that God intended for you to meet and to experience different levels and higher heights and greater depths that you will never be able to experience. Hear me. It really, is your, is your thinking that you can cut everybody off and still talk in tongues? You talked in tongues the very first time you received the Holy Ghost. Where were you in your walk with God the very first time you talked in tongues? You were right at the door. That's all getting saved is. You come through the door. And then there's a huge, you know, we've talked about it before, but some people think that's the, that's the destination. That when you get saved, that's the destination. No, when you get saved, that's the beginning. That's the starting line. That's the beginning. That's what gets you into the race. That's what puts you on to the journey. And then you got a long that you can keep walking and experiencing the newness of God and the greater things of God and the greater purposes of God and greater revelations of God. But if our thinking says that I can cut everybody off but I can still talk in tongues, what we're saying is, is we are satisfied with one step inside of the door. Because that's as far as we're going to get if we keep cutting everybody off. Oh, somebody said Amen. No schism in the bodies. Now here we go, here we go. But that the members, somebody say that means me, should have the same care one for another. The members should have the same care one for another. In other words, there shouldn't be someone that you would be more willing to minister to than someone else. So we have to ask ourselves the question this evening. You see, these are all hurdles that we have to cross and overcome if we're, ever, if we're going to be able to minister to the body the way God wants us to. So there's been some tough questions we've had to ask ourselves and we've had to, we've had to face some, some, some tough decisions and we've had to allow the spotlight of God's Word and God's Spirit to, 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 to shine in some dark areas of our mind and our thinking. And this is one more of those. But we have to ask ourselves, is there anybody in the body that you really wouldn't want to spend time ministering to? Because of certain negative feelings that you might have about them. Just let it sink in for a minute. You see, because when we talk about all members should have the same care one for another, our minds automatically go to those people we're close to. And man, I can care for those people. And I can spend time with those people. And I'll get up early and pray for those people. And I'll stay up late and talk with those people and counsel with those people. And, and I'll drive and meet them any, any time. If they just called me, I would be there. Okay, will you do that with everybody? Or are there some people that because of past conversations or past dealings or past fights 
You just, I don't, I'll say hi to them. And I'll be nice to them. And I'll be kind to them. And I'll be Christian-like to them. But I, you know, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be willing to sacrifice my time to minister to them like I would so-and-so who I'm buddies with. Do you see this? And see, this is, do you see how that can break down the body ministering to the body? Because if, if, if I only have my select few people that I'll minister to, and if you only have your select few people that you'll minister to, that's going to leave a lot of people out. And so Paul's talking here. He said, there, there, there should be no schisms in the body, no divisions in the body. There, all members should, should have the same care one for another. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let me show it to you like this. For we know the Lord had ordained for there to be twelve apostles at the inception of the church. But with the... We don't have time to get on to it, but with Judas and he betrayed the Lord and 30 pieces of silver, that whole thing, with, with that he went out and hung himself and so there became a, a, a division in the body, so to speak. There, 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 there came a, a schism, there came a void, a break in the body because God ordained for there to be 12, but now there was only 11. But in Acts 1, we read that they had all entered into the upper room and they were all praying and they were all seeking God and they were having this awesome prayer meeting. But then the Bible says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. He said, men and brethren, the scripture must needs to be fulfilled which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and has now obtained part of his ministry. So they realized here that there was a lack in the body. Are you with me? They realized there was a lack in the body. There was division in the body. So, so they selected two possible members, two possible replacements for Judas, and they cast their votes about which one they wanted. And the Bible says this, Acts chapter 1, verse 26, and they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. And the very next verse says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting and it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. It's not an accident that that Acts 2 followed Acts 1. So we, so we see that before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost could be released and before the church could grow from zero to 120 to 3,200 people in just a few short hours, the church first had to make sure that the body was complete. That there were no vacancies, no divisions, no schisms amongst it. Mm. Now, you, now, now watch. You got to see this. The Lord says, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to pray and I want you to be tarry there and pray till you be endued with, on high, with power from on high. So they go and they do that and they're praying, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying. But then they stopped praying to fix the body. <laughs> you see, here's why. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Because the power of God and the anointing of God and the Holy Ghost that God wants to pour out in our midst will not be poured out if there's division. If there's schism. It doesn't matter how hard we pray. Pray, 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 pray all you want. But if you've written off the hand and you've cut off the foot you can pray 24 hours a day and nothing's going to happen. Or the, at least the fulfillment of what God wants to do is not going to happen. And so what does Peter do? He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop praying. There's a principle here that God honors. That it doesn't matter how hard we pray, if, we don't, if we're not obedient to this principle, the Holy Ghost can't fall. Stop praying. Let's fix the body. And now that the body's fixed, 
immediately. Prayer coupled with obedience to fix the body releases an outpouring of the Holy Ghost every single time. Somebody said amen. Oh, hallelujah. I've already told you that I absolutely believe that the revival of multiplication is headed our way. The outpouring of God's presence like we've never witnessed it is about to be released. But it is only going to happen if the body ministers to the body. And the body isn't going to minister to the body if there is division and discord in the body. But the moment we began to fill some vacancies, the moment we go back to that guy we cut off, and say, you know what, I cut you off a year ago because of what you said to my teenage girl or boy. I cut you off. I want you to, I want you to get back into my life. I want you to fill that void. I cut you off. I shouldn't have done it. Will you forgive me? I had a rotten attitude. I had a terrible attitude. I should have never done that. I should have never said that. Will you forgive me for that? And he says yes, and we hug and power of God falls and I get him back in my life and I don't just say it I mean it oh help me Holy Ghost I don't just say the right words well I'm supposed to come to you and well if I did anything I'm sorry but I think you didn't come on now I know I said this but you said that no, no. It's where I humbly go before somebody and I say, you know what, I've had a terrible attitude. I've had a rotten attitude. I've had feelings against you. I've had odd against you for a year and a half because of what you said. But you know what? I understand I'm on a journey here. And I understand God's about to release something in this church that is powerful. And I understand that He can't do it if there's vacancies and voids and schisms in the body. So I need to get you back into that place where I previously had cut you off. And then I want to move on to the next person. And then I'm going to move on to the next person. And watch what happens. You're on this journey. Oh, I, I see it in the spirit right now. You're on this journey and you're, you're limping. You're not getting anywhere. But all of a sudden, you put somebody back in your life that you cut off. And all of a sudden, you stand up a little straighter. And you go on a little bit more and you put somebody else back in your life that you cut off. And all of a sudden, you've got more strength and more strength and more strength. And before long, you, you go from stopped to crawling to walking, to running. And all of a sudden, the body gets put back together and the vacancies get filled because somebody in, in, in this church realizes that God and what God wants to do and the purpose and God's plan for what He has for this church is more important than my little issue with so-and-so. When are we going to get to the place where... God's plan is more important to us than us being right about something. Well, I was absolutely in the right. And I know that our friendship deteriorated over it, but you know what? I'm standing on principle, bless God. Because I was right. Okay, you're right. And you cut them off. And they cut you off. Now you both are limping because of it. And the Holy Ghost is being held back because of it. But you're right. See, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want what God wants, not what I want. The attitude that says I'm right goes back to that selfish, self-centered, it's all about me. I'm right. And for me to go back to that person and apologize and make it right, it would, it would, it would make it look as if I was wrong. Who cares? You gotta, we got to get a big picture here. We got to get a big picture here. This is what God's talking to us about. He's talking about get, getting your view. Look through things as it applies to the body and not how it applies to you as a member of the body. 
Oh, hallelujah. There's something, there's some things that are bigger than your little differences and my little differences. There are some things that are more important. There's a Matthias that has to get elected so that there can be completion, so that Acts 2 can happen. Oh, hallelujah. Quickly. Coming to a close. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And whether one member suffereth, let me see, 849. Whether one member suffereth, suffers, all the members suffer with it. But you got to ask yourself, is there anybody in the church when they suffer, you're happy? Be so quick to answer. You wouldn't come out and say it. But there's just a little bit of vindictiveness. There's a little bit of something that rises up and says, serves them right. And you don't suffer with them. Secretly you rejoice just a little bit. Whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with them. Or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's almost harder. <laughs> now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. This is exactly the case for what it looks like in our physical bodies. And Paul is just trying to give us revelation that how it looks in our physical bodies, I'm hurrying, you're doing awesome tonight. How it looks in our physical bodies is how it looks in the body of Christ as well. Or at least how it should look in the body of Christ as well. For we all know that if we have pain in one part of our bodies, it affects our entire body. I mean, if you, you know, I mean, if you step on a nail or something... I know I'm using graphic stuff here tonight. I apologize. If you step on a nail, the rest of the body doesn't just look at the foot and, and it's just the foot from here down that's hurting. And you're just, yeah, oh well, well, too bad for you, foot. It doesn't even make sense, does it? And the per again, and God's wanting, this, God's wanting it to not make sense in the spirit too. As crazy it sounds in the physical, God's trying to make it sound just as crazy. Get us to the place where it sounds just as crazy in the Spirit. If one member of the body of Christ is hurting, it should affect all of us. All of us. We should all take deep interest in the welfare and the condition and the needs of the entire body of Christ, not just our own. Deep interest, concerned, passionately concerned about the needs of the body. Think about this. How many's ever twisted your ankle or broke broke a leg or there? When it happened, and, and you know the days following, you you didn't have to tell. You, you didn't have to tell the other muscles in your body to, to support the weight of the body that that twisted ankle couldn't. You know, you're hobbling. Hobbling along. Because there's, there's an issue there. There's, it's, it's twisted. It's got some issues. And, and you didn't have to tell this leg to take, take up more of the slack. You didn't have to tell your body to lean a certain way and your arms to keep the balance because this leg couldn't keep balance the normal proper way. You didn't have to tell it to do all that stuff. It just happens naturally. And God is trying to get us to the place in the body as the body of Christ where it is a natural reaction. For us to minister to the needs 
of the rest of the body. And when one is weak, we come alongside of them. And nobody has to force us to do it. Nobody has to coerce us to do it. And nobody has to make us do it. We just do it naturally. It's not something that we regret having to do. I don't regret having to do it. I don't regret having to make the sacrifice in order to help the brother or sister in the Lord. That's what God's trying to get us to. Where We don't regret having to do it. It's not a sacrifice. We don't look at it as a sacrifice. It might be a sacrifice, but we don't look at it as a sacrifice. You understand the difference? Brother Tony and Brother Rima came out and helped me the other day, and they were just glad to do it, and I just kept thanking them and thanking them, and and, and, and you know they were brother Tony and both of them. You know, thank you for allowing us to do it. It was a sacrifice to do it, but they didn't look at it as a sacrifice. It's the place. It's the point we can get to, and in, in in the family of God, it's the place where God's trying to get to, get us to as a church, where we're doing these things and we're we're doing it naturally. It's a it's just simply a natural reaction to minister to the body of Christ. When the need is made known to us, it's a natural reaction to, to be willing to do whatever we possibly can to meet that need. When one suffers, we suffer with them. We feel what they feel. Last point and I'm done. We feel what they feel. You hear me? We feel what they feel. They're not just people we sit next to on a pew on Sundays and Thursdays. They're more than that to us. They are the body. And I am a member of that one body with them. And when they're hurting, I feel they're hurt. When they're in need, it moves me. But it all goes back to this, and I'm done, but it all goes back to the fact that you have to be connected to somebody to feel what they're going through. You can't feel their hurt and feel their struggle and feel their need if you're disconnected from them. You can't do that from afar. You can't do that from afar. You've got to be connected. And if our, that's why God has been talking to us that we've got to move beyond our connection with the body of Christ being that we just sit next to Him on a pew for a few hours on a Thursday and a few hours on a Sunday. Because if all we do is sit next one to another in a service, how much connection has actually happened? We're sitting there most of the time Worshipping Him, worshipping the Lord, or looking up front. How much connection is actually happening? How are you going to know what they're facing? How are you going to know what they're going through? How are you going to be able to, to, to empathize with them? and Go through with them whatever it is that they're going through. One writer said it like this, Where Christians grow cold towards each other, they will be careless and unconcerned for each other. Saints of God, God is calling us to connect to the body like we have never connected to the body before. I believe, I just feel in the spirit that it's time that we stop using those same old excuses, giving those same tired reasons for why we cannot connect to the body. And we need to start doing whatever we have to do in order to connect ourselves to the body of Christ. For in so doing, I believe we are going to witness the greatest outpouring of God's presence that this church has ever witnessed. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. Let's stand. Let's stand.